0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Near. The music for today's show is provided by Misha Zarin, so many thanks to Misha. I strongly encourage people to check out their local food bank to see how they can help, as food banks, like Ozark's Food Harvest here in my town, are helping families overcome food insecurity, which is a problem we need to solve. Also, you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at The Walk Show or The Walk Show Pod. You can find links for that in the show notes. This week we are joined from Sydney, Australia by Melinda Livingstone, a relentless optimist who sees opportunity in disruption and possibility in change and adversity. Melinda started Income Connection in 2017 after a successful corporate career. Income Connection helps people identify opportunities to become entrepreneurs and business opportunities. Melinda was an absolute delight to talk to, and I think you're really going to love our conversation, so let's get over to it. Welcome to The Walk Show Podcast, Melinda Livingstone. Thank you so much for joining. How are you doing this evening?
1: Hey, Walker, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have to admit, and this is not this is just because I'm a small town person from the middle of the U.S., um, I am absolutely humbled and honored every time I get to talk to someone from abroad. So um, thank you so much for, <laughs> for taking the time to join. It really is uh, an honor for me.
1: Well, thank you for having me all the way from Sydney, Australia.
0: Yeah, so cool. You're my first Australian guest too, so um, so very cool. Um, so Melinda, you um, have a, a pretty interesting business that you run. Um, your business is Income Connection, and it's a, it's a website, but then it's also a kind of a consulting service where you're actually working with people like on a one-on-one basis and sometimes in groups. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I love working with people, helping them come up with an idea for their business. So what I find is a lot of people are wanting to start their own business, but they don't know where to start. Uh, They haven't got the confidence to get started and they don't um, really kind of know kind of what idea, what business idea is going to work best for them. So what I do is I work with people one-on-one and in small groups to help them get started in finding that right idea and refining that idea and helping it, um, you know, kind of be viable? Is it really what is going to be that idea is going to kind of be meeting a genuine customer need and helping them get set for success?
0: Yeah. So uh, this was several years ago now. Um, a, A close friend of mine and I started a business together that is maybe both best described as a junk removal service. So not a trash service, but, um, like say someone has, um, a, a house that has the, the, like, maybe that maybe one of their parents has passed away or something and they're, they're getting rid of the house and there's just a bunch of clutter in it that they just need out. Right. And they're not going to sell it. It's not an estate sale kind of thing. Um, so they would hire us or, or maybe it's just a garage that needs cleaned. Anyway, so so we started this business. There's a really popular business in America, at least called 1-800-GOT-JUNK that we were kind of mimicking ourselves off of. Um, And we attended um, there was the these classes available for free here in our community. Um, There was kind of like a how to start a business workshop. And on the one hand, it was it was helpful, but it was also a little intimidating. I mean, we wrote out business plans and you know, went to the library and did research and not that it wasn't all valuable. It really was. But when I've shared that experience with some other people there, they seem kind of intimidated by that, but it seems like maybe the kind of service that you're offering maybe is a little less um, intimidating <laughs> than, than that kind of session.
1: Oh, tell me, tell me why you feel that, or why people have said that the process was intimidating.
0: Um, I think that because it's, it, it and and I certainly am interested to hear your thought on it, but I, I guess it's because whenever they have this kind of entrepreneurial spark or or, or inspiration or whatever you want to call that, um, immediately diving into like what I'll put in air quotes paperwork <laughs> um, was was kind of boring to them, I guess. Now again, to be clear, I actually totally advocate for it and thought that it was a great process. It was through the Small Business Administration or SCORE is an organization here in the U S that there was the one that put it on. I thought it was a really beneficial process. Um, because it did kind of show you, I mean the, the way, what they advocated was that you go through the process of writing a business plan to kind of decide if it's a viable business or not. Right. So you kind of identify the market that you would be in and identify who your customer would be. And does it actually make sense beyond sounding fun? Um, and, and maybe less than the actual work that had to be done. People were just more intimidated because it was, you know, um, I, I've just met you. So this will sound like I'm totally blowing smoke and I don't mean it that way. But like you just have a really friendly sounding voice and you're smiling, which no one else can see you but me <laughs> right now. But you just you just have a warm sensibility about yourself. And, and these the, the people at the school meetings were, I don't know. In, a bit sort you of know,
1: school kind of squashing the creativity out of. Out of yeah, their enthusiasm, and I don't, is that kind of? I the think same so. And I,
0: and I don't think that was their goal, certainly. Um, I think it's just kind of how maybe some people interpret it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, I, I kind of, I suppose I get a sense of what you're saying. Like, um, what what I find is with a lot of people, they need a lot of encouragement to get started and, and their confidence needs to be built up. So it mm-hmm. takes, um, yeah, it takes a lot of. Um, confidence to move forward with a business idea
0: Um, Mm -hmm. and that is
1: often what holds people back Um, and so um, often kind of like the um, the practicalities of you know doing a business plan first up could make people feel a little bit overwhelmed and, and it could make people feel that they haven't got the confidence to move forward so Yeah, so I can understand where you're coming from and then, yeah, often nurturing that idea and kind of sort of shining sunshine on the idea and fostering the idea can give people that encouragement that they need to move forward because there's so much negativity in the world. And also our own mind um, does tend to kind of um, hold us back. I mean, it's a protective device. Our own mind can... um, To tell us everything that is wrong in order to protect us from harm. But we need to kind of work against that in order to take action and move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, yeah, sometimes, yeah, coming down kind of with all of the kind of like paperwork is what you said may not be the best thing to start with in the beginning when we want to really kind of get out there and talk to customers. Um, as probably being the first thing to do Um, and that can encourage us to move forward because then when we do that, customers are saying things like, oh, I would just love for somebody to help me move all the stuff out of my deceased mother's house because it's really emotional for me to do it. And if you, Walker, came and did that for me, that would just be such a great benefit, you know, and that would then spur you on you know, with your business, because you would think, yes, my service is really needed and I'm really helping people in my community and I'm feeling a great sense of purpose. I'm, I'm, you know, helping people I'm really valued and I'm really inspired to kind of make this happen.
0: Right. Yeah. So I will just candidly admit, and I don't mean to make this episode about my now failed business attempt, but, um, <laughs> we did not do that uh we did not start out by talking to customers we started out by seeing the other company that's this national franchise and we thought we could do that for a little bit cheaper um and then we did it for about about a year and a half two years somewhere like that and just it it just wasn't 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 making ends meet so we decided to move on but um but that being said you know it it definitely taught me lessons and um and was a learning experience that I wouldn't trade back. I mean, even though I failed, it was still worth it to have, to have tried better to love than and lost than never loved at all kind of thing. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, we, it sounds like, you know, to some extent, and well, maybe not, it sounds like even, I'll just ask you when you're working with, with newer clients, I mean, how much of it is, is talking to them about the business and how much of it is really talking to them about, themselves and like how to develop their own confidence and how to how to muster the courage or, or whatever the you know phrase may be more of the kind of personal coaching than actual just business coaching
1: oh look I must say it is both um yeah because ultimately I, I mean we do need to get to the viability part of it as well um but I look I see myself as very much at that innovation front and so my corporate career um, is in product development and strategy and marketing, which is around um, you know ideation, innovation, coming up with new product ideas, um, and taking them to market. So it is it it is both, um, but innovation is you know really really um, important, and that's casting a really wide net. Um, It's like looking for treasure in a landscape. And that process means that you have to have a very um, open mind, not be judgmental and be very expansive. So that process um, that I've um, kind of nurtured over a long period of time, I use with my clients because as we're thinking about what they might do in their business, it's really important to, um, you know, look look under every rock and to just look at every area of their lives. And often an idea will be at the intersection of, you know, what they've done in their career and then also their personal skills and abilities, you know, the skills that they've developed from being a parent, um, you know, or growing up in a particular family or, or a health crisis that they've had. You know, it's the it's the meshing of all of these experiences that could um, foster an amazing business idea
0: right right now that yeah that makes sense um it, it, so it sounds like am i am i am i gathering that that innovation is kind of the secret ingredient to to starting a business like whatever industry or field it's going to be in there has to be some level of of innovation because you've got to be doing something different than what's already being done well is, is that true? yeah i mean
1: that's kind of what i do that's my kind of specialty other people mm-hmm. um you know, in starting a business, they will be, you know, a really great surveyor working in a surveying practice and then one day they'll go out and, um, be, you know, be a surveyor in the next suburb. And there may not be much innovation around that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and that's probably not, um, they're probably not going to get a lot of value from talking to me because they can go and do that by themselves. So, right. the sort of person that will come and see me is somebody who is, um, you know, has some ideas or wants some ideas or um, is tossing up what they might do um, because I will work with them to nurture their ideas work through their ideas the viability of their ideas kind of um suggest that they narrow their ideas down to target a particular niche lift their ideas up to kind of broaden it out refocus their ideas give them different ideas that they haven't thought about or tease them out so that's why somebody would see me as opposed to say Um, go to the course that you were talking about in your local community where they drive straight into the the business plan.
0: Right, right, yeah. Um, Well, yeah, and I guess, and I don't mean to to belabor this point and maybe this isn't that interesting of a point, but I guess my thought with the innovation being the key thing, I mean, if you were offering a service, even if it's already identical to a service being offered, but you're offering it in a new area, arguably you're innovating in that new area, right? Because it wasn't a service that was there before. I guess maybe innovation isn't the word that I mean to be stuck on as much as like, if someone is thinking about being entrepreneurial to some extent, there has to be something new that they're bringing, whether it be a new location or a new service or a new spin. Does it, does that make sense? Or is oh, that? Look,
1: yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, okay. They need to um, kind of create a space for themselves in the market. So wow. yeah, even that example of what I was talking about before, you know, um, say a surveyor that leave, leaves a practice, they need to um, kind of create a space for themselves. So either they would do it by, um, you, you know, they will create a space by differentiating versus the firm that they left. So they might, um, you know, target smaller customers or they might target a different um, type of client in order to create space within that crowded marketplace. So, yes, you're right. Absolutely. There is some innovation there. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. When you're working with these different entrepreneurs uh, or would be in some case, maybe they haven't actually executed yet. How often are people completely replacing their existing career or income stream with this new business versus how often is it something that is supplemental to what they're already doing like i I guess does it have to be a full-time commitment like that or can it be something that's on the side
1: yeah a lot of my clients are starting something on the side that they want to nurture into uh something that will become full-time um you know something that they want to build for themselves so they might have a um there might be an employee somewhere and they're looking to their future they might um be doing casual work um they might be a freelancer and they're wanting something that's going to be a substantial business for them to have for later on Mm -hmm. uh, and then some people have lost their jobs and they're wanting to have it as a replacement for that
0: yeah well and the reason i ask is just because i think that oftentimes when people think about starting their own business um it's something that seems like it's like well it's got to be all or nothing like you have to be able to quit your job today and start this now and if you can't then you'll you know then it then it's too too little effort that you'll be able to put in um and it sounds like that's not the case like it, it absolutely is something that can be started in conjunction with an existing job or career and then kind of transitioned into certainly it could just be a fresh start but
1: it's better if you're able to um have it as a side gig um Mm. because it just takes the pressure off you know you need to have a learning mindset test and learn um if if you're putting it if you're kind of leaving your job and you're putting everything in this new business the stakes are way too high you're putting Mm. too much pressure on yourself um so if you've got a test and learn mindset i'm going to test this idea I'm going to see how it goes you put something out there and you say okay well if this works this is good if it doesn't work I'm going to tweak it and try something else so it's, it's this process of iteration and that's how the best businesses start because it's all about how our customers respond to what we do if you're putting I mean you need to have a lot of money behind you if you quit your job and then you Think, okay, I'm going to start a business, um, and then you know what you know, then you expect to earn an income from that straight away. I think it could work if you've got if you, um, you know, like you've kind of developing clients on the side uh, while you've got, um, you know, while you're in employment, that could work, but it is, it's kind of high, it's a high risk approach, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, and I just, I think that, um, you know, especially in the current world that we live in with with COVID and and the amount of job loss that's happened and and that sort of stuff, I just think that talking to, having the chance to talk to people like you and and letting people know that entrepreneurship doesn't have to be some fantasy that's only for a select few. Like it's something that's available to a lot of people. Now I say that as someone who works at a, a corporation, so take that for what it's worth, but but I know I know many entrepreneurs, and I think that there is tremendous tremendous value in it, and I think that it's something that's that's more available than people might think or, or perceive initially. I was watching a um, a podcast interview, I guess, with this guy who was in the American military special forces. He was a really, really high, highly decorated soldier. I mean, one of the most trained soldiers, I think probably ever. It's crazy <laughs> the amount of stuff he'd done. And towards the end of the episode, um, the interviewer asked him, if, if you had a son, would you, would you encourage him to join the military and follow in your footsteps? And he said, the soldier said, um, I wouldn't tell him he couldn't, you know, I mean, he's his own person. And so if I had a son that wanted to join, I would let him do what he wanted. But I would really, really strongly encourage him instead to be an entrepreneur, because I think that that is the only true way to achieve freedom. Um, And I thought that that was a really interesting comment from from someone who's this really highly decorated career military person, right? Like, it's not like he was there for a couple of years and dropped out his whole life is dedicated to that and certainly he's proud of that and doesn't downplay it or anything, but would you, would you kind of agree with that, that, that entrepreneurship is really the ultimate way to living the most free and, and I don't know, free's maybe a subjective word, but what do you think about that?
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So freedom is the number one reason why my clients, well that my clients cite the wanting to start a business. So freedom for them means um, that they can choose their own diary. So they can choose when they work. Um, so yeah, definitely entrepreneurs work really hard, but it's the ability to be able to say, well, um, you know, it's my child's um, concert and I'm going to make sure I'm there for them and I'm not going to be interrupted. It's the ability, you know, to say um, I'm going to spend my time on this you know every week I'm going to allocate time for this it's a priority for me um it's the you know the ability to um yeah just you know these are the hours I'm working this is when I'm working it's who I'm working with you know I choose who my clients are and I choose who I work with I work In line with my values, and values are really important to people. So, I don't do projects I don't believe in, I don't work with people who I don't want to work with. So, I feel like I've got this congruence in my life um, Mm -hmm. where I'm living in a state of consistency. And a lot of um, stress comes in our lives when we've worked, say, for a corporate where we have to do things that are inconsistent with our values. Mm -hmm. And if you're managing a large team and you have to do things that are inconsistent with your values, um, particularly in managing that team, the stress is incredible. You know, you have to say things to them that you don't believe. It's Mm -hmm. it's incredible, that stress. Um, And then you have to... I mean, for me, one of the wake-up calls was getting, was my sister's wedding, and I got a phone call from my sister's wedding. It was on a Saturday, and I thought, oh, you know, this is not good. I had organized things for me to not get that call, but I thought, oh, I've got to do something about my life, and then on the Sunday, I was working the Sunday. It was a destination wedding, but I had to go back to Sydney work on the Sunday, which meant I wasn't present with my family on that Sunday, the day after, wedding, after the wedding. And I just thought, I have to do something about my life. This is not, this is not, I'm not living consistently with my values. So I think for many people that freedom is really, is a real kind of push for people to, to start a business.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a that makes a ton of sense. And I, I think what you said is, is very important. It's not the idea that like, you know, oh, well, now you work four hours a week or or something ridiculous, you know, like that, as much as it's that you just you have that autonomy, you have the control over how that plays out and, and, and when you choose to allocate that time. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't put in the hours still, but you just have a lot more control of when and where that takes place. As opposed to when you work for for a company. So was this the first the first business that you started? Was was that income connection or or did you start a different business after this experience with the wedding?
1: No, this is my this is my first business. So I started it three three years ago. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: awesome. So well, so let me ask. I mean, as the person who helps people generate ideas how did you come up with such an idea because I think it's a really brilliant idea but did, is it something that you'd been pondering for a while did it just come in the flash of the night or how did that that <laughs> how did you stumble into that
1: um, so I um, I used to work in financial services and superannuation um, one of the challenges is that as people get older um it's harder for them to um, kind of have control over when they leave their job so people face redundancy as they get older. Um, I wanted to come up with a way for people to, um, you know, continue to work um, or continue to earn income as they get older. So I thought, well, um, yeah, if people can kind of start businesses um, well, then that, that is a really great way for people to kind of have financial freedom, have financial security, um, have fin- financial independence. So um, that's, that was the genesis of my business, Income Connection. So the name is Income Connection. So people have an income um, and, and connection into society, financial freedom. So um, so that was the kind of, I suppose, the social purpose behind my, my business.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, how, how do people, are there other techniques that people can use to, to kind of generate more ideas in their mind for if, they, if they're wanting to maybe start a business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So really um, it's about thinking about, um, you know, the frustrations that you have in your own life. You know, if you're thinking, uh, you know, I'm really annoyed that I um, can't buy this product um, this is a real frustration for me uh, then then maybe that could be a, a business that you could start. So so that's kind of one way. So so many people actually um, start businesses because um, they can't find the products that they want to buy themselves. So one example is Sarah Blakely who's a very famous American entrepreneur. So she, Um, bought some really nice fashionable pants, but she couldn't find the underwear to wear with those pants that would make Ah. her look good in them. So she um, made them herself. So she kind of like tried various things and she made the underwear that would go with the pants so she'd look good in these pants. So she created the fashion label Spanx.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: you've probably heard of them. Um, And she is one of the biggest entrepreneurs in the United States because she made what she couldn't buy herself mm. so and she she started the business with something like two thousand dollars right and she wow. um manufactured them herself so she's found her own manufacturer so that is just like one example of where if you cannot find something yourself just just go and make it go and go and go and create a business so that so that's one example right so another example is to look at your own cv and think okay well what job did I really, really like? And what was I really, really good at? And could I do that for myself? And maybe it's not a whole job, but maybe like a slice of a job. Could I do that for myself as a business, as a consultant? Mm. So break break it all, break it down. So look at your CV from a fresh perspective and just Think of all of the things that you enjoyed, all of the things that you did, and could you do that for yourself? All of the customer complaints that you saw that were never resolved—could you solve those customer complaints by launching your own service or product?
0: Right, right. And just to be clear, for the the American listeners, CV is is uh, is. It's like a oh, resume.
1: resume.
0: Yeah, you're fine. It, to be clear, it's just like where we use miles and gallons and every and the rest of the world has other words that make more sense. So I, it's fine. Um, <laughs> forgive our ridiculous language um, that it has to be different for I don't know what reason. But yeah, but yeah, so, so, the, so looking over the resume to see what job skills you might have where you could you could apply it even in a more narrowly focused way than, than maybe what the company was doing at large. Um,
1: yeah, I've got another idea. So just oh, sure, please. Of, yeah, so just think of, um, so if you've worked in a company or a business or an organization, so many organizations, they, they can't do, you know, people within the, the organization come up with ideas. But most organizations can't implement all of those ideas. You know, there's reasons why they can't, like organisational fit with strategy, you know, they, they just can't. They don't have the capacity to do that. So, so many amazing ideas are just left on the table.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: reflect on those ideas. You may have raised them yourself or your colleagues may have been or they may have been kind of in this very long list mm-hmm. of backlog of post-it notes that were on the wall. Mm-hmm. Reflect on them. Could you implement those ideas or parts of those ideas or adapt them for you for yourself, you know, and, and um, create a business of those out of, well, out of one of those ideas? Right. And another idea is think of the customers that just were poorly serviced by your organisation or were rejected. So like underserved markets. Mm-hmm. So customers that just didn't fit in, that were just 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 didn't get the time of day just because a a big organisation just can't didn't have the right offer for them or the right product could you meet the needs of those customers so right. underserved markets are a really great um, marketing opportunity particularly for um, a small entrepreneur.
0: Right. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, you, you'd spoken to your own background in marketing. Um, and man, that was probably one of the biggest lessons I've, I learned from that junk business I tried to talk about earlier and, and a lesson that I still, frankly, am learning <laughs> day by day with the podcast. Uh, and that is the, the value and the importance of marketing. Um, I don't, I don't know if it can be stated enough, but what, what is your opinion as, as the expert is marketing the most essential ingredient or where does it fall in the hierarchy of importance? Cause it feels to me like it's really close to the top. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it is. It's really close to the top. So marketing <laughs> is your conduit to your customer. So in business, your customer is everything, everything. So yeah, you need to, you need to be so in touch with your customer Um, Yeah, you need to have this really deep emotional connection with your customer. You need to know what they're feeling and and deep within their core have this real empathy for their point of view. Mm. Um, So people make decisions from an emotional perspective, like emotional drivers, even corporation, like even people, business people in corporations, their their decisions are – emotionally um driven you know um so you need to understand the emotional drivers what their goals what your customers goals are what their aspirations are what their emotional pain is and and you speak to that in and and, you know in terms of the transformation that you're trying to um bring into their lives you need to speak to that so if somebody has a um Cluttered house. They've inherited a cluttered house from their mother. It's really speaking to that deep emotional um, point of pain in their life, and how your product or solution is going to um, resolve that pain for them, um, mm-hmm. and that's going to drive them to to work with you.
0: I will admit that sounds to me so like the process of understanding a customer that I potentially don't know yet emotional state is far more intimidating to me than writing out a business plan right because that's <laughs> that's like doing some math and that sort of stuff um so I, but maybe i mean i guess how do you help people discover how to do that or kind of overcome that because because again to me that sounds very intimidating
1: <laughs> how do i help the entrepreneur understand yeah
0: yeah yeah it's
1: emotional state <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: um yeah it's I'm um, having conversations with them. So, mm. what I do is I sit down with, with my clients and I, um, there's a process called design thinking, which is empathy based interviews, you know, an ent- empathy based innovation process. Mm. Um, and I sort of equip them with questions that they can ask. So, but really, it's about listening to their customer, asking them questions about their pain points and really listening to the customer and ask yeah like what do what are your problems and um and what are your aspirations and uh, and you know what would solve your problems and prototyping what if this was on the market would this solve your problem right um and then if it doesn't solve your problem going back to them again and saying if this was on the market would this solve your problem Uh, and if this was on the market and it solved your problem how much would you pay for it
0: right so yeah i mean it sounds like it literally is just the work of i mean it's it, there's nothing there's no fancy trick there's no it's just just go it's out and talk
1: grind. to people
0: <laughs> it's yeah going out
1: there. yeah um but it's yeah it's really it is that understanding why people are making decisions and what's the basis behind it and a lot of it is our emotional
2: drivers
0: That, that the COVID nineteen obviously has you know, gripped the world, and, um, and there's been a tremendous amount of, of job loss. And so, are you seeing are you seeing an an uptick in people coming to you for this service, or or is it, or is it diminished because of that? Because people are more afraid, or kind of what have you seen in the response to to the the pandemic as far as new entrepreneurs be.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm seeing more people are interested in starting a side gig. So um, they want to create something for themselves. Uh, So working life is harder. Being an employee is harder in this season. Uh, And so um, people are wanting to create something, build something for themselves. And so I am seeing more people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good sign. And also, I must say this Zoom technology is amazing. It's easier to see people. So people um, can book a Zoom call with me, and I'm doing small group coaching over Zoom. So it my services are more accessible, which is mm. a, a good kind of silver lining of this season.
0: Right, right. So, I mean, do you, do you see that there's typically opportunity in times of like the pandemic or other crises or or is that is that common that there's more opportunity in in quote-unquote bad times
1: yeah absolutely so um crises shake everything up like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um they create new needs for people um they also create an openness because um people's kind of um touchstones have changed so people are more that people have to buy new things (laughs) they have to you know, buy things that they never had to to buy before. Like, you know, people working from home, they have to buy desks and furniture. They have to declutter their homes. So, people are changing their um, their purchasing habits. They're spending a lot more time consuming social media. So they're consuming information from new um, sources that they didn't before. Oh. And so, there's a lot more opportunities um, for the sale of products and services, and also for the consumption. Of um, media, which cre- is creating a whole range of opportunities um, for um, entrepreneurs, um, yeah, which is a really good thing. And we saw coming out of the global financial crisis or the Great Recession that started in two thousand and eight, that there was a whole surge in um, uh, new businesses. So. Um, The Great Recession uh, sort of created this mood of um, make money and save money. And that fostered businesses like Airbnb and also Uber. So those businesses both started out of coming out of the Great Recession. And because people wanted to have side gigs and wanted to make extra money on the side, but also people were quite happy to stay in someone's spare bedroom or you know, in someone's house because it was going to be a lot cheaper than staying in a hotel or, you know, ride share with somebody because it was going to be cheaper than um, a taxi and also appreciated the convenience as well. And square payments also came out of the um, Great Recession too because a lot of um, retail businesses thought, hey, I really want a cheaper option than what the um, banks were charging me in terms of merchant fees. So we saw so much innovation. Last time there was a big crisis and we're going to see a lot more innovation coming out of the current crisis that we're in.
0: So this might be kind of a silly question, but and and it might be that there just is not an answer to this or or really a a right or wrong, but would you see that that, um, a new entrepreneur, would you suggest or recommend a new entrepreneur that they go into more of a service-based business or more of a, like a product-based business where they're actually selling an item or a, a trinket or whatever that may be, or is that not a relevant way to look at it?
1: I think it's really looking at the skill set of the the person, what what kind of they the need that they see, and mm. then looking at the market opportunity. Um, mm. You know, digital and online is obviously surging as a huge opportunity at the moment. Uh, it really, but then I mean, there's the segments that are booming, like beauty products are doing really well. So that's a that's a product, um, you know. Anything in the home, exercise, and fitness category is doing amazingly well. Anything that's kind of neighborhood-based or community-based, those businesses are absolutely booming. Uh, you've got regional centres that are doing well. So there's lots of pockets of opportunity that are booming in the economy anything to do with pets is absolutely rocketing on people are buying more pets and anything associated with pets is booming so there are pockets in the economy um that are doing well with COVID so it's looking at those um but you know, it's yeah, getting in, looking at the market opportunity, and just doing that that research that we're talking about before getting out and talking to customers about about their pain, about their pain points, and and really what their what customers are looking for.
0: Um, so, you know, earlier you'd mentioned when starting a business that you know it, it's best if it can be a side gig or, or something where you already have another income stream, just so it doesn't put that level of pressure on the business is the same thing true then about starting a business with a loan that that also kind of creates that same pressure because now there's a bill due, you know, in terms of that, that debt, uh, or again, not even something to, to not really a a problem.
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, look, it depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, if you can bootstrap your business, I don't know if that's a word that you use in the United States,
0: Oh, they love it. They love it. I here. love
1: that word. Because um, <laughs> you, you don't have the, you just do not have that pressure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, because if you think of the cost of servicing alone, it's huge. <laughs>
0: right.
1: So the same argument as what we were talking about earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of what I was thinking, but I just wanted to see what your what your opinion on that is. Um. So kind of something else that, that I, I guess I, I wanted to talk to you about it. Whenever you're, you're, you're talking to people, I mean, and, and really this is for the listeners that, that maybe you're, are thinking, have been thinking about starting their own business and, and what are some of the most common reasons that you see people say, oh, it's not for me right now or, oh, I don't think I could proceed with, with running a business on my own. And then maybe how do you kind of help them overcome those in case someone else is listening is having those same things, thoughts right now?
1: Yeah, I think it's just sort of asking people kind of what's holding you back um you know some people might thinking oh look i'm not i'm not smart enough i don't have enough education um you know i'm afraid of the competition it's really kind of drilling down into to what could be holding people back so I think if people are feeling, I'm not feeling confident, I'm not feeling ready, is to is to just say, like a lot of people don't feel confident and a lot of people don't feel ready. But the most important thing is to take a step and you learn every, you know, you learn as you go. It's like an apprenticeship. You know, if you think of it, an apprentice who starts, they learn as they go. And you learn by doing with a business. You just don't put pressure on yourself. Every day you learn something new, you talk to your customers and they tell something, tell you something, you you kind of watch a video on YouTube and you learn something. It's a very iterative learn as you go and you just start and you start afraid and that's fine because that's what most people do. Right. Uh, and then in terms of, you know, I don't feel I've got the education. Well, some of the best people, the best entrepreneurs in the world do not have a great education or any education at all. Um, and education is, is not what needs to hold you back. So don't worry about that. Um, and then in terms of money, you're best to not worry about money. You're best to just um, kind of do things on the cheap, really cheap hacks and just um, let the sales that you get along the way fund your business. Um, mm. That's the best way to go. Um, and, and just not, not worry about a lack of funds.
0: Gotcha. Well, that, yeah, that's that's definitely sound. Um, so, so people who are, I guess to you know you mentioned earlier that you're on Zoom calls and, and that sort of thing. So, are you working with people obviously there in, in in Australia, but are you working with people globally, or or is it more just something that's available there in Australia?
1: Uh, I'm on Zoom calls mainly. Yeah, my clients are Australian, but I do have a small coaching, a small group coaching session um, that would be suitable for people in North America. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's on my on my website. So, yeah, so I'm really very keen to get customers from all over the world.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And when, on your website, you actually have a 12 step checklist uh, for coming up with business ideas that people can download for free. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really passionate about helping people to overcome any kind of, um, I suppose, lack of confidence or anything that, that might be holding them back in that 12 step checklist is just a really easy way to help people to move forward
0: yeah and i, I mean um I, i'm just i was also when i was looking at your website before i, I also saw that and correct me if i'm mistaken because i certainly don't mean to misspeak but um that you you offer a money-back guarantee i mean that's how confident you are in the services that you're offering is that is that accurate or if i'm yeah,
1: absolutely that? yeah so if people feel that you know it's not the right service for them they didn't get the result that they wanted. Um, I'm really happy to give them their money back.
0: I, I mean, that's really incredible, and I and I don't mean that. I, I don't mean to focus on like, well, what if it doesn't work? Because that that's not the point. The point just being that I think that just speaks volumes to, um, frankly, the level of integrity that you're operating with when you're willing to put that out up up front, um, because there literally is no risk for someone if they're if they're in this space where they think this might be for them to give it a shot, right? I mean, there's not, (laughs) there's no, there's no downside. Um, And, and probably just a tremendous amount of upside with the amount of stuff that they could learn and potentially start a new business.
1: Yeah, Uh, absolutely.
0: Do you, this is, this is a strange question. Do you ever have anyone that you work with and, and you, and you, you conclude by saying, I, I don't know if I think you should start a business just now. Like, do you ever advise anyone to not start a business?
1: Um. Yeah, look, there are. I do a 15 minute discovery call. So then there are some clients that um, at the end of that, um, uh, yeah, we, we don't work together. So I, sure. I don't, I don't probably, I'm probably not as blunt as that, but um, I, sure. I probably would sort of kind of help direct them to get some more information.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. Like uh, put them on a, path to to do some more research and to help them maybe um uh kind of yeah come to a greater sense of understanding like yeah
0: so this is uh, yet another i've just asked you a bunch of strange questions but um a question i've asked other entrepreneurs and i because i've talked to co- a couple of other entrepreneurs who like yourself help other entrepreneurs out um and a question that i always have is and again, there's a lot of ramifications from this, so maybe it's unreasonable, but would you think it was ideal if everyone was an entrepreneur or is there a healthy place for there to be some people who are employees and some people who are entrepreneurs or ideally should everyone be contractors and, and consultants and that sort of thing?
1: Uh, Oh, that's such a good question. I think it's good to have a mixture. So,
2: um,
1: look, the downside of being an entrepreneur is getting loans, um, (laughs) (laughs) like for your mortgage. Um, I don't know if it kind of, in in the United States, it's a different situation. There are, yeah, there's there's definitely some downsides. I think, um, you know, for our economy, it's good to have a mixture of employees and entrepreneurs, Um, how do I put it Um, but I mean look you could have yeah you could be an employee and get that same level of income into your bank account and also have a side gig that is flourishing I suppose what I'm saying is um, yeah the way the kind of the economy is is set up it kind of it kind of works for there to be people who are kind of like public servants or work for the government and also um, work for corporations. It, It kind of works for there to be a mix of people in different types of work structures, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and again, that's why I say, I don't even really know how, how reasonable the premise is. The reason that I have that question is just because, it's like, oh, well, being an entrepreneur is the path to freedom. And it's like, well, I definitely think that sounds awesome. So <laughs> I think that that sounds like the, the best way. Um, but at the same time, if I go to a hospital, do I think it's best if every nurse there is an independent contractor and there's no unification of standards? Like, probably not. Um, does it make sense if a, if I go to a bank and the bank teller is – an independent contractor that doesn't actually work, probably not. You know what I mean? So I get that from a, um, practicality standpoint, it's kind of a silly premise, but just always, just always curious. It's always interesting to me. Yeah,
1: Um, no, it's a good question. You certainly made me think, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, fair enough. Um, well, one other thing I did want to get to that, that, um, that I'd seen in, in your, in your bio, just, just briefly is that, um, outside of your business and, and helping individuals kind of find their own way to, to, to start a, a business themselves. Um, you also are, are working with with refugees to help settle them into Sydney um, here in, in this COVID crisis. Is that is that accurate?
1: Yeah. So um, I've, I've been doing that for a few years now. So um, yeah, it's a great privilege. I love um, friendships that I make with people from different cultures and um yeah, so I um I d- have been doing some work with um uh, sort of sorting food and, and making up food puzzles, and then also have a, I have a friendship with a, f- a family that I meet on a regular basis um, and it's like you would meet with a friend and just um, help with everyday things like filling out forms for them and guiding them through you know life um you know, the complications of just, uh, you know, dealing with government offices and all of that type of thing, which is hard to do if, if you're not from this, you know, if you weren't born in Australia.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just, I wanted to highlight that cause I think that's really cool that you're, you're spending time doing that. Um, at the beginning of my show, I, I usually try and, and promote a, a food bank that's here in my local area. Um, but man, it, people being hungry in places that have plenty of food is a, is a very sad thing. So.
1: Oh, I, yeah. I, I remember that from listening to your podcast, Walker, I think that um, some food banks are just so, uh, important and you're right. You know, you just think of all of the food that, um, from farms and from, you know, um, supermarkets, uh, and other places that just gets discarded. It's just so important that it gets, goes to a central place like a food bank, and then it can be packaged and sent out to people in need. So food banks are critical infrastructure.
0: Yeah, agree completely. Um, it's just the, the amount of food waste that we have here in the United States, at least, is just shocking. Uh, you know, if you work at a restaurant here, for example, and at the end of the day you have whatever amount of food left over that's not going to be sold. It just gets thrown out that they don't, that there's not a big push to get it donated and to take it somewhere. And it's just, it's just sad, uh, cause it's, <laughs> it's a ton of food and there are people who need it, especially kids. Once it gets to kids, that's where it really, that's where it really gets at me. Cause they didn't make a choice. You know what I mean? They were just kind of born into that circumstance. So, um, either way, I don't mean to go on and on and on about, <laughs> about that, but, um, Awesome, like I said, that you're doing that work, and, and good on you for 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 doing that. Um, well, Melinda, I I really appreciate, like I said, your time and joining me. Uh, it's this evening here; I, I assume it's probably in the morning there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to, um, or that you wanted to, to review?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say that if anybody is listening and they're thinking. Yeah, look, I'm interested in starting a business. Um, I just encourage you to just do it. Just take that step and get started. You know, action is everything. Um, And just to, you know, take that step and feel confident and just do it.
0: That's awesome. Well, and anyone that has that thought should go to incomeconnection.com. Again, Melinda's got that checklist available there. Uh, and then beyond that, you could sign up to, to talk with Lin- Melinda and have the discovery call and see see where things go. Um, it's a, it's a, a really awesome thing that you're doing. Um, well, again, Melinda Livingstone, Income Connection. Thank you so much for joining the show. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much, Walker, for having me. This was a great discussion. I've really enjoyed my time today.
2: We are young on the bay satiated on the primeval bay And every branch is cut and consumed Our social circles live. It's through Giant slave, leave an absence of shame. And the world changed.
0: right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you so much again to Melinda Livingstone for coming on the show. Really, really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you again to Misha for the music. And of course, thank you, listener, for listening to our episode. Remember, you can find Melinda at incomeconnection.com. A link is in the show notes for that. I'd also like to invite you to listen to my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley. Pick Up Your Sticks is a video game podcast. But instead of just current events, news and reviews, we also try and talk about Why Gaming Matters. It's a long-form podcast, kind of similar to The Walk Show, so if you like this, I think you'd love Pick Up Your Sticks. Pick Up Your Sticks is available anywhere podcasts are found. Again, thanks for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.